Hello and welcome to Big Tech, Little Tech. My name is Sean Weston and this is episode 20. My co-host, as usual, is the irrepressible Rick Hookstep, who I think has spent the last week recovering from Carnival in Spain. How are your knees and hips after <laughs> yeah. a week of dancing, Rick? Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. Back to back to normal. Getting an old hand at this now. And funnily enough, you mentioned Carnival tomorrow. Sue and I are going off to Cadiz for five days, which is the Carnival Centre for Spain. I think it's the second yeah. largest Mardi Gras outside of um, outside of Rio. And uh, is that right? But that would have been wow. yeah, that would have been last weekend, and it would have just been manic in the in the city. We've been to Carnival once before in Cadiz, and it's unbelievable. It's great in our town, but it's it's just a it, yeah, it's, it's another level, yeah. is it? There, yeah, yeah. Is Cadiz um, smaller than than where you are? Or oh larger? no, no, much bigger. No, no, much bigger. Much bigger. Yeah, yeah right. much bigger. Yeah, okay. I've got a quiz for you because you're a movie buff, aren't you? Oh yeah, go on. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you're kind of going to know because obviously <laughs> we were talking about it. But did you know in James Bond, Die Another Day, that was supposed to be set yeah. in, in in Cuba? Where was the beach that Halle Berry walked out of the sea? And into the into the movie with James Bond. It, oh gosh, well, I don't know. It, I've got to remind myself: is that is that the one with the guy with the diamonds in his face? Yeah, she she's got uh, like an orange bikini, and it was like the thing. It was how she was introduced into the film. It's one of those kind of classic. All right, James it's probably it's, it's just that it's one of the James Bond films I've le- I've seen once. She said, and it was it was it's um, filmed in Cuba, isn't it? And it starts with uh, you remember it starts with the kind of the Day of the Dead. Um, uh, the, which is more Halloween kind of thing. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was filmed in Cadiz. Oh, okay, that's that. Was it? Yeah, really? that's why. That's. Yeah. I rehearsed how I was going to ask that intro, and I got it completely, completely <laughs> screwed <laughs> up. So, die another day, though. Is which one's that? Is that? A, is that um, a Pierce Brosnan one? That's um, that's Daniel Craig, isn't it? That was his first one, wasn't well, it? Well, that's not Halle Berry, then. Oh, hang on, Halle hang on, Berry's hang on. Let it? me let. Yeah. You've got yourself all. I tell you what I did. So I tell you what I did was I, because I I was going to mention Cadiz. I went to Google and ChatGPT and I asked them both the same search question, which was tell me about Cadiz and give me five interesting facts (laughs) about Cadiz. And it got the James Bond film all wrong, did it? No, 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 no. That's me. Now ChatGPT actually gave me a really uh, easy to understand answer, but it was Google that gave me the. Gave me the interesting fact about how he wrote. Oh, I've completely right. screwed it up now, Sean. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. And I, I couldn't get on ChatGPT yesterday. It seems like it's uh, keeling over at the moment. Everyone's just going on there to try and fool it. It seems rather than use it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Die another day was um, Pierce Brosnan. Yes, that's what I yeah. thought. That's yeah, what yeah, I two thousand and two. The one you're thinking. Two thousand and two. I think the day. Right, the the intro with the Day of the Dead was a Daniel Craig one. I love. Oh, that I'm uh, that was where I got it mixed up. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. That was when because that was yeah, that was right when he runs along the rooftops, along the top of the roof. Well, isn't that a great intro to the film? I thought it was terrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I have to say he he is my he, he has been my favorite. He was my favorite James Bond until until he came to a well, sad end. I agree. Yeah, I oh, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone not seen it yet? But yeah, no spoilers. But um, I agree. Daniel Craig uh, took over for me as well. And I obviously, I'm a Roger Moore guy because that's 
I think your favourite sometimes is who you grew up with rather than the quality. Maybe I misjudged Stromberg. Any man who drinks Dom Perignon 52 can't be all bad. Um, and it was Roger Moore for me. But um, yeah, Daniel Craig took over. And I think the best film is still Casino Royale for me, 2006. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. Yeah, I'd go with that. I, I was uh, funny. Just I did, you just reminded me. I, I, I was a Sean. I was a Sean Connery, James Bond man, and I saw a little clip that came up recently, and it was so sexist, and of its time, but completely out of place today. Where he kind of is chatting to a, a woman in a in a casino, and a guy comes over and he sort of smacks her on the on the bottom and says, "Right, run along now because we're going to do men's talk." And she sort of giggles and wanders off, and. You know, we grew up, you know, in you know, thinking that's that's how life was. And I watched this little clip, and I thought, oh my god, how has world, the world changed? And then, you know, the way they've they've kind of ended James Bond, I think, kind of fits into that. I don't know if we've had this conversation before. Well, I suppose, yeah. It's, I mean, that's open for debate. Maybe that's a movie podcast we ought to do because you know, I'm of a different opinion. I'm I'm of an opinion that we shouldn't over politicize stories and characters and things like that. James Bond was written that way. Mm. And it's okay for him to be a little bit dinosaur and old-fashioned, uh, I think, because that's the character. And if we start sanitizing these characters to become less of who they are, and we believe they can't kill a man in, a, in an elevator, you know what I mean? It's true. It's okay for him to murder, yeah. but not pat yeah. a, a woman on the bottom. Yeah. It's a bit, a bit like a debate I saw this morning on BBC, and it's a guy saying... Uh, gay people should play gay characters and straight people shouldn't play them. I think that's ridiculous. And I'm a gay man, but I also think there's something called an actor mm. who pretend to be other people. Um, so, you know, if a straight person wants to play a gay character, mm. well, that's his job. That's He's an actor. So I think we can over-politicize um, fiction a little, a little too much. Mm. What a, there's a good debate. Anyway, tech of the week. Let's talk tech of the week. What have you What have you seen lately? Uh, well, so I, it, you remember last week we talked about oh, the last show. We talked about three um, D scanning on the phone. So we had the uh, the the basketball app, and I mentioned unspun yes, the people that do yeah. jeans. So you can take a take a scan, and then you get personalized jeans. Well, I was doing a little bit more digging around this area, and and there is a hashtag for it called Fit Tech. You know, fitness. Uh, fitting technology fit tech hashtag and um yeah. did you know that the singer you know rihanna you know from rihanna anna anna umbrella fame <laughs> she owns a lingerie brand called savage x fenty i'm not sure what that means but that's the name of it and they're rolling out this uh, fit technology in their their stores but this doesn't use mobile phone technology this uses um uh sensors and the idea is yeah. that the customer goes into a, a changing room and then the sensors kind of detect who they are, you know, their body shape and their size. And then it will throw up uh, uh, recommendations on the screens that are in the changing rooms. And um, I'm pretty sure we've covered this before when we talked about um, uh, retail technology, you know, with the palm scanners. Because Walmart and Amazon have yeah. done something very similar. Yeah, that's right. Amazon did that palm thing. Is, has that taken off, by the way? Uh, yeah, I think it has. Yeah, I still still piloting. Has, it? Yeah. yeah, I still piloting. But it was just I, I was fascinated by this idea of of um, technology, kind of working out who you are. Because you you know we've talked about 
data and surveillance and the last episode was about spying and I was just thinking so here you are now in a situation when you go into a, a changing room and there are sensors and you might know that they're there but you might not know that they're there and and of course what they're doing is the way that the whole point of it is with the Rihanna one is that um, it's all about recommending items to you so what they do is they they scan in and they're working out you know you're you're a particular body size you might be bigger or smaller yeah, yeah. or taller or shorter or whatever it is um but it will work out your body and then it will recommend based on what everybody else of that body type has bought so if people that tend to be smaller buy a particular line of clothes or people that are bigger or taller you know whatever the shape is yeah and then it's all about guiding you down a, a buying process and um what do you think of it do you, do you like it do you like the idea i i can't well I, 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 in fact, a friend of mine said to me the other day, Rick, you have this, this strong cognitive bias that you just think technology is brilliant and you love it for everything. And, and so I'm, <laughs> which is true. So I love the idea of the technology, but there is a bit of me which also it, it, uh, kind of felt a little cautious. Do you think it's invasive? Uh, well, I think it's, uh, it's inv it could be invasive. Um, I think it's more the underlying question, which I, I always come back to, which is, what is the motive of the people collecting the data and what are they doing with it? Because, you know, right. we, we know that, you know, the biggest collector of data in the world, which is Amazon, and uh, which is um, Facebook and Google, they both sell the data on. They both get hacked. They both leak. Um, that data yeah. ends up in the places that it's not originally intended. Um, right. and we've had the whole conversation about TikTok and what they're doing. So I... There's a bit of me which kind of is also cautious of, well, where does this end? Um, but anyway, I, I did kind of find it intriguing. Um, and also, I now know that Rihanna has a lingerie brand, which I'd, I'd never heard right. of before. You didn't know. She's, she's been wearing it in her videos for a decade now. You know, I don't anyway. really watch much Rihanna, I have to say. I'm more of a Harry Styles man. I'm a, I'm a Harry Styles man myself. But yeah, I'm having a dig at Rihanna a little bit. She, she, you know, she always seems a little underdressed. But um, yeah. So anyway, mine is, um, I saw uh, that the BBC had shared a video of a young man called Eli Crossley, who has something called Duchenne muscular dystrophy, oh. otherwise known as DMD. And uh, for those who don't know, that's a genetic disorder characterized by, I guess, progressive muscle weakness. So you get muscle loss starting in your thighs and, and pelvis, and you find that you have an inability to walk by the time you're 12. There's no cure for this. It's, it's a very fast onset. Anyway, on the BBC, I saw this young man who uh, was starting to wear a suit with a little bit of technology and in, in sort of a harness that is keeping his arms active and engaged. Because uh, sadly, he's going to lose the ability to be able to lift his arms soon. But this technology, the suit that he was wearing, uh, is going to help him do that. It's not the greatest video for explaining what the tech does, and I couldn't find out who makes it. I, I don't even know if he made it, but um, as Eli says in the video, which I will share in the show notes, the technology may lead to uh, further advancements. Hello, my name is Eli Crossley, and I suffer from a rare disease called Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is where one of the proteins in my body is missing, which makes it harder for me to do certain things. I am doing my GCSEs currently and my passion is writing music. I stopped walking last year, which was obviously very tough, but we are looking at this new technology, 
which uh, helps to lift my arm up as sometimes as sometimes you can get weakness in the arms from this disease. So, so tell me, so how, so what is that? Is that is that some sort of mechanical device? I couldn't help but notice it was quite rudimentary. That the whole tech was rudimentary that he was using. So I wondered whether you know, in a future episode, you and I are going to talk about anti-aging breakthroughs. Yeah, tech we innovation are. That help us live. Yeah. That help us live longer and you know look like the Stallones, um, you know, for, for much longer. Uh, uh. But these kids, often boys, when it comes to DMD, they usually don't make it to the late thirties. And I would love personally to see more money poured into tech that improves people's young lives. Oh, I would. Un unlike unlike the forty four billion dollars that went into Twitter, which arguably doesn't improve young people's lives, but um, that's for another another debate. Yeah, we're very political today, aren't we? Are we? A bit. Have you noticed? Here's the news. Australia's Recharge Industries has purchased the defunct British Vault battery maker after it ran out of money last month. The new owners will keep the British Vault brand name and plan to focus on batteries for energy storage and high-performance sports cars. Canada will ban video app TikTok from all government-issued devices. A TikTok spokesperson said the company was disappointed by the decision. And school children in Britain are allowed to quote from content created, sorry, content created by ChatGPT in their essays. This is according to the International Baccalaureate, uh, who said that students could use the chatbot, but must be clear when they were quoting its responses. What do you think about that last one then, Rick? It's nice to read or hear about something that isn't against uh, ChatGPT when it comes to education. I personally think it's, it, it's going to be very helpful and could actually uh, move teaching uh progress teaching a lot longer that has been stuck in its ways i think for, for too many years yeah yeah i think as long it's all about transparency i i use a number of ai writing tools now to help me kind of whiz through a lot of my stuff and i put a, a standard little comment to say look you know that i was helped by the tool and i i name it um and i think for for educational purposes i don't see any reason why you wouldn't allow students to do that as long as you made it as long as they made it very clear in the same way that they use computers and calculators i mean you know when i was at school we had log books and slide rules you know and um and i remember i remember the year that the first year we were allowed in an exam a formal exam where we could use a calculator if we could afford to buy one and not everyone had one and the school was selling them i remember going to my mom and said with <laughs> yeah i remember going to my mom and said look you know i can buy one of these computers and it all these calculators I mean, it was like, like a small television. It was huge. <laughs> and it had all of these um, these functions on. But instead of me using my logbook to do all the various functions, you know, I had a little button on mm. my calculator. They were very rudimentary. It's part of the learning, isn't it? How to learn how to use a calculator in the same way that I think uh, what, what they call them now is probably the word prompt is going to be uh, as um, a new definition of the word. Uh, a prompt is is what you ask yeah. uh, an AI for for those who don't know, um, and I think uh, there's a skill. In there is a definite skill. Yeah, there's a definite skill, yeah. and I think that is a a learning opportunity. It is. Yeah, yeah. I I, I have I have no because for me the the thing with education is that um, the point of the education is to is to get the child or the person that's learning get their brain engaged. And yeah. there's lots of subjects yeah. we did at school when we're just not interested. We're just going through the motions. And if if you can kind of help 
get the kid through, I, I don't have a problem with there. But there's with that, but there's going to be some subjects when that that student is really really interested and needs to understand themselves, and yeah. they're going to be motivated to learn whether they use ChatGPT or any of the other like massive array of of uh, AI machines. Um, they're still going to have to do, yeah. so do the same like learning experience. I don't think that te- that changes. So I would say, yeah, go ahead and, and let them use it as long as they call it out. All right, let's talk uh, MWC Barcelona. Now, for those who don't know, MWC, MWC stands for Mobile World Conference. It's uh, an annual showcase for mobile hardware, software, and network infrastructure. It may not sound exciting, but with nearly all of us carrying mobile devices in our pockets, it's a tough topic to ignore. Well, I would have introduced it slightly differently, Sean. I'd have said, look, it's tomorrow's technology. I mean, you know, th- you, you, were, you were factually correct, but nobody's going to get excited about this. What, what happens in Barcelona is all about tomorrow's technologies. It's the gadgets. <laughs> yeah. It's the stuff you and I love talking about, phones and yeah, absolutely. smart watches and wireless devices and... There's a ton of it. Well, it's interesting because I do have, I do have a, 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 perhaps another a controversial question on that point because I wonder whether they're just talking about tomorrow's technology, but perhaps they're uh, in a bid to keep up with what others are doing around the uh, telecoms industry, for, for instance. We are recording this on day three of the event, by the way. So by the time you hear this, the event will be over, I think. When does it finish? Rick, a couple it's of days tomorrow. from now, uh, maybe the weekend. Is it tomorrow or tomorrow. Friday? We're Wednesday the first Something day. Like it's, that, uh, I can't remember if it's true, but we're right bang in the middle of it. I think we've had... Yeah, we're right bang yeah, in the middle. Yeah, we're right bang. Yeah. It's happening as we speak. We've had a day or two. So we, we've had things already, yeah. such as uh, some launches already, haven't we, from the likes of OnePlus mm. and Lenovo, Xiaomi, I think, yeah. showed off their, their new phone. Um, but there is life outside of Apple's mobile phone dominance. So do you know any of the latest figures, by the way, for market share on, on mobile phones among the big players? Do you have any stats uh, You know, I don't off the top of my head. The only stat that comes to mind um, is that the sales of smartphones since 2018 have been declining. In general, yeah. Have been, have they're, they? And they're okay. down about 20 So it's, about, it's down by 20%. And the trend is, is continuing to go down. So people... Are buying less mobile phones. If you go, well, there can't there can't be many of us left without one. Well, right? remember that the thing was, uh, and this was Apple's business model before they started going to subscriptions and more of like what they call a recurring revenue model. The idea was that you bought a new iPhone every year, <clears throat> yeah. a new model would come out. Well, of course, now we've kind of got to that point where there's not really much you can add to a phone. I mean, you talked about new phones, the OnePlus. Did you see the concept phone where they've got uh, yeah, cooling gel that runs through? But I mean, you know, that's yeah. where we've got to. And it's a bit like, you remember, with, it's like, remember with cars, you know, we're, in the old days, you had windy windows, whatever. And and then you were, it was like a, a if you had electric windows, you you were really going up in the world. Well, of course, now cars come with yeah. everything. Uh, I just, um, I don't know if you saw, so I put on LinkedIn a couple of days ago that the new Mercedes-Benz E-Class has got a new entertainment system when it's going to have TikTok. And, uh, I thought that was awful. I think that's the worst decision it, in yeah, the history of integrated into the, into the app. And the whole point is you've now essentially got uh, a whole entertainment system. I mean, God knows how it's going to work. Um, yeah. I've heard that there's a distraction sensor 
to tell you when your eyes are not on the road, but I think it's too late. Sometimes it's a bit too late for. Well, that. I think the distraction is, is when the car's not... on. I mean, look, let's face it: the majority of yeah, yeah. The, major- <laughs> the engine. I mean, I know. You yeah, can... <laughs> it is, isn't it? I mean, the, the majority, the it majority is. of accidents are caused by distraction. That's people on their phone uh, among young people as well. The the start to hike accident, car accidents among young people are incredibly high. Yeah, I th- I think it goes across all the age. You're right. You yeah. You it go it goes across all of it. And look, and I I've been driving for about a hundred years. I used when I started driving, people used to walk in front of the car with a flag, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, you know, if I if I someone likes to drag the horse, yeah, right? I you know I I think I can think of dozens of times when I thought God that was I was that was a bit dicey. You know, I was just distracted. I was yeah, you know, phone changing the channel on the radio. You know, trying to get the cassette tape because the tape has all got caught up. And oh, you remember right. those days? So anyway, so yeah, yeah. and now it's TikTok, and now it's and now it's on, TikTok on behind your steering wheel. Incredible, yeah. Anyway. But go on, you were talking about OnePlus and, and then, you, you know, and then it was about the liquid cooling gel. Well, we kind of, it was on the stats around smartphones. I, look, I, I, it's still, there's still massive dominance of, of, uh, of Apple. I still think they, off the top of my head, it's like half of all phones. No, it can't be half of all phones. There's about a billion iPhones and there's about 4 billion smartphones, I think, off the top of my head. So that would be 3 billion of non-Apple and a billion... Off the top of my head, I think that's roughly the split. But the thing is that Apple own all of the the the, the top end from a pricing yes. point of view. So all the, yeah, a certain price point. Yeah, so yeah. it depends on how you count it. But you go to some markets yeah. like India and, um, you know, they're not iPhone. You know, it, iPhone is big in the UK and in America because you've got a Western economy. But you go to somewhere where they, you know, they, they don't have that same level of disposable income, which is where one phone or OnePlus originally came from, wasn't it? I mean, they started as a low-cost entry phone in India, which I think is still their biggest market. I tell you what interested me, what 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 I've been looking out for at um, the conference, um, because it kind of connects, is this move towards immersive technologies, and we broadly call it sometimes the metaverse, which. I think can has have these. Co- well, they mentioned the metaverse in in the keynote as well, didn't they? They were keen to do. Yeah, that. but I think it's more this immersive tech, and you know, you've got six G coming along, which is going to mean even faster um, connectivity and transfer of data. You've got like the OnePlus. The reason they're promoting this uh, this gel uh, based system, cooling system. Basically, it's a liquid cooling system that runs in the back of the phone. I mean, it just seems bizarre, but it, it keeps the chips cool. It means the, so the phone can run faster and it can do more heavy processing without overheating. And it's really important because yeah. it's a big limitation right now. And also it means that it doesn't draw as much battery uh, so quickly. So the, the idea that we – and because all of the new glasses rely on use of your phone, so the idea is they can't get enough technology into, into the glasses without it looking like a, a helmet – so your phone is going mm. to be really important for driving these glasses uh, that are going to be the key wearable for immersive technologies like virtual reality and augmented reality and what they're now calling and talking about, which is extended reality. I think it sometimes feels as if they're running before they can walk as well because you're right, phones are, are 
pretty damn good. How can you improve them at the moment? How can you improve on cars? They've got everything. Huh. Um, and yet it feels as if 5G technology hasn't given us that leap. I mean, it, we've been talking about it for a couple of years yes. now. And yeah, such a slow rollout of, of 5G, I think. Uh, even the, even the, the phones were, were a little bit hesitant. On, it took ages before Apple got the, the 5G thing on the iPhone. And yet I feel as if the, the take-up of it is is quite far behind. I even read as much as that. It's not just my opinion that the take-up of 5G, people aren't using it because the infrastructure isn't quite ready for it. And now, rightly, as you just mentioned, we're talking about 6G, sort of ahead of time, yeah. I think. But there needs to be an adoption, more of an adoption of, of 5G, I yeah. think. To, well, it's, to it's all about coverage, isn't it? And, and have people... Yeah. It's it's not just well it's about coverage but it's also about people feeling the benefits because the benefits of five G is that you pretty much got your home fibre broadband while you're sitting on the train yeah, true. with with your yeah. phone. I tell you, well, just as a, just as we we're talking about coverage, did you see that story that John Deere? You know, you mentioned them a couple of shows ago about how they yeah like that they, you know they make tractors. Well, they they want they yeah. they are partnering to have their own satellite internet sat, satellite internet service you know like starlink because so many yeah. of their customers are, are in rural areas where there's no connectivity and all of their their technology now in the tractors and the farm equipment are, are all totally dependent on the transfer of data via the internet yes and so yeah. they're, they're actually john deere of all people will have their own satellites uh and and have their own uh satellite internet coverage in rural farms in North America so that they can connect their smart tractors to the cloud and all the software that they're going to be doing uh, to, uh, and they're going to sell it as a subscription service. So they want to get like 10 or 20% of their annual revenues to be from software subscriptions. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. bizarre. So all of these things come together because what I was thinking about the, because you're right around the coverage and 5G and I think where you're going with this is that, you know, running before they're walking. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that is just bubbling below the surface, which makes me think that all of these pieces are coming together. And it's a, it reminds me a bit of when we first had WAP phones. Do you remember when we used to have just – when a oh, phone yeah. was just a phone and then we had this what was called 1.5G? And for listeners that don't, aren't, aren't you know, old enough, the first kind of iteration of doing, using a phone for more than just a phone was when you had this thing called WAP, which was W-A-P, and I cannot, for the life of me, remember what yeah. it, it's an acronym. Acro um, what no, it, I, the three-letter acronym. But I remember it. Yeah. Anyway, but the idea was that you then started getting data sent over the network to the phone, and that started there. And that took ages to, you know, uh, uh, that took ages to take off. Everyone was talking then about, oh, you can do all this stuff on your phone. And it was really not until the iPhone in 2007 because Nokia had done the WAP in about 1998, 99, if I remember rightly. And it wasn't really right. until Jobs come along with the iPhone and put the internet on the phone and made it like, really usable that this thing really took off. So yeah. I think... Yeah, wireless application protocol, I just looked at Wireless app, well, that would make sense, yeah. But, you know, I was thinking about this yeah. immersive yeah. stuff, right? So, um, you know, there are there are already really good use examples of why people might need super fast uh, broadband 
connectivity and the ability to run demanding apps on their phones. So, so you know, the likes of Bloomingdale's and Lacoste have got virtual stores. You know, they've got they've got metaverse stores where you you don't just look at a you know a, a two dimensional web page. If you want to go look at Lacoste, you can actually go into an immersive experience on your mobile phone and walk around and look yeah. at what they've got to sell. And JP Morgan and AXA have both done banks and insurance offices in exactly the same way. So this stuff is coming. Yeah, I saw that I saw that LinkedIn post you did where they had a court. Oh, and it, well, well, there's the court. That's all right. That was in Columbia. That's right. I did, yeah, I did uh, yeah. in the week. So they just had a, a, a two-hour trial, a genuine trial that was run in Meta's Horizon um, Meta, Metaverse space. They call it Horizon Workrooms. But they had a, a, a two-hour court. Yeah. So the... The judge, the jury, the 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 the, the lawyers, what barristers, whatever they call them in Colombia, they did all the arguments, and it was all done, and they were all represented as as three D avatars in a virtual environment. I was interested in in the uh, one of the comments that someone made about it was that it detracted from the seriousness of the occasion, and I wonder whether that actually points to what people think of this burgeoning technology that may consider it sort of a game for children rather than uh, an immersive experience yeah. that all of us grown-ups may be using in a few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, uh, so look, it's a fair comment, uh, but it is the novelty of the first one. You know, if this was happening week uh-huh. in, week out, then that comment would, you know, no longer be a, be necessary. I think what doesn't help is that the, the, at the moment that the, the avatars are like very rudimentary cartoons. You're not, you're not, yeah. You know, the, you, you play Fortnite yeah. and you've got a more realistic looking character or FIFA, you've got more realistic characters, but these avatars in in Horizon, you're basically some sort of cartoon, legless cartoon character. So I think what, until they can fix that. I think it's a shame, actually. I, w- I, w- I would quite like the judge to be someone like Waluigi, <laughs> you know, from Nintendo. But did you see that couple that got <laughs> married in the metaverse at Taco Bell's last week? No, tell yeah. Me. So, so the, I mean, the, this is some. He's a venture capitalist, and he was marrying an attorney. They're both Indian, uh, uh, originating. I don't know what the, how you say it these days. They're both Indian descendants, but living in America, and clearly got money. But they decided to get married in a Taco Bell's of all places. Um, but it was in Decentraland, which is a which is a virtual world, and it was live streamed. So all the guests and the uh, and members of the public could watch the wedding uh, live as it took past, but it was done as a traditional Indian ceremony, apparently. Um, yeah. And that was all kind of done uh, in, in in this immersive space. That to me is more gimmicky than the courtroom because there was there was a there was a serious side to the courtroom, which was that if you could, rather than have everybody come together into a an expense and of the physical constraint of having everybody come together. Uh, into a physical place but if you could run the court hearing and people are in different parts of the country and in different locations all they needed was a headset mm, yeah there may be i like the idea of it to be honest you know for that when someone wants to have their wedding in um in a faraway place and you kind of want to be there but you think oh, that's going to cost me three grand just to get yeah. there and get drunk for an afternoon and talk to people i don't know can we do this in the metaverse? That'd be that'd be great. I'd go to more weddings, perhaps. Yeah. Well, you've seen that a bit with with like tourism, which is the other side. And I think this is this coming back to the mobile phone. 
I think this is where the potential, well, this is the sort of thing that would drive the adoption of 5G and 6G as they roll out, you know, better network coverage. But a place like Seoul, you know, in South Korea and Antwerp, they have built virtual reality versions of their cities. And if you were planning to go there, again, instead of just Googling Antwerp and looking at some YouTube videos or looking at a load of two-dimensional pictures, you can actually enter into an immersive experience where you can go around the city and, and check it out and work out what you're going to do. And, yeah. and, and Antwerp, I, I think Seoul have tied it into um, uh, like the running of the city. So there are also public services that are done through the virtual reality space. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. to come from, from that. So I, that's to, I, to me, w yeah. when this ev event that excites is me. over, I, I'm, I'm not so interested in new gadgets for the phone. I'm interested in the utility that's going to come from some of the new features that they're building. And some of the people at, at the conference will be the, you know, like the technology component manufacturers, the Qualcomms and the NVIDIAs and all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, we, we've... Uh, I wanted I, to I, I wanted to just touch the, the rolling screens. Did you... The rolling screen? The folding screens. Did you see that one? The folding screens. Well, there's a lot of them around. Um, do you think Apple are going to get into that, by the way? Uh, well, there's no sign of it. But the one I... So there was two that struck me. There was the, the Lenovo laptop. Yeah, the ThinkPad. By the way, wasn't that an IBM thing, the ThinkPad? It was. A, years ago? Well, it was, it, was, it was originally the IBM ThinkPad, and then they sold it. And then, yeah. it, anyway, and Lenovo bought that. But what they've got yeah. is, right. is and, and it's also the Motorola uh, phone has got the same thing. But you have these flexible screens, and on the laptop, and the same on the the smartphone, is that the the screen kind of like the physical. I don't know how to describe it. Imagine you've got a laptop open in front of you, and then the screen that's the, the lid that's lifted up. Imagine it was on like yeah. some little extenders, and it would just carry on rising upwards. And the screen would yeah. come out of the, like roll out from the from the ins innards of the the laptop, and you end up essentially with two screens, one on top of the other. And instead of it being you know a twelve or thirteen inch screen, it's now twenty six inches or whatever, <laughs> or well, go whichever the dimension is going up. So it's probably about eight eight or nine. Yeah. And, and and I thought that I liked that technology. I have to say that was. Um, that that I thought there was great use in that one, and that's around the. I think they call them either rolling screens or folding screens. Well, we're we're cracking on with this podcast episode. We've we've kind of uh, uh, run to our average now. I think our average is about thirty-five to forty minutes an episode, which leaves plenty of room for listeners to listen to other podcasts. I read that podcast listeners spend an average of six hours and 39 minutes listening to podcasts weekly. How do you listen to yours, Rick? Or do you only listen to this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put this up every night when I go to bed. It, it sends me to sleep within three minutes. <laughs> Normally by the bit I join in. Um, so I, uh, I, I do all my podcast listening through Spotify and um, I... Where are you usually when you do I that? am usually in my kitchen. Um, so to a home. I'm in my right. home, but also okay. when I'm on my bike. So if I'm cycling on my own, uh, which is probably half the time uh, when, I just, when I'm just doing my training, then I will always have podcasts. And occasionally if I'm in the car and I'm on my own, so um, I don't inflict the things I listen to on Sue, 
but if I'm, you know, if I'm going to the airport to pick someone up or I've got to go out and I'm going to be in the car for 45 minutes or so, then I will have one in the car. But generally in the morning, uh, I don't put the telly on. I don't have the radio on. I would generally listen to uh, a podcast whilst I'm doing my morning, early morning chores. Yeah. Well, uh, 49% of people listen at home, actually, uh, which, which I thought was, was um, more than I thought. And uh, 26% listen while using public transport, 22% listen to podcasts while driving, and 46% listen the same way that I do, which is when you take a walk. Because I walk a lot. I like to walk. And uh, that's when I digest a lot of my podcasting. But I also, like you, do, do a little bit at home. Yeah. And Spotify is your chosen platform, yeah. is it? Yeah. Although I am increasingly frustrated. The app is terrible. It just doesn't. Right. Yeah, uh, and I think it's probably because I've got I've got a mix of Android or Google Android and Apple devices, and I just think it um, they're putting they're putting barriers in because of uh, people abusing the, the 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 like the family subscriptions where you can have multiple users, and I think that's what's yeah. partly it. There's all these checks to work out that you are who you say you are. That's my only explanation. Like, for example, on my iPad, I can't run Spotify with the VPN on. And I don't like that because I like to have protection. Not, I'm, yeah. not trying to, I'm not trying to pretend I'm somebody, I'm somewhere where I'm not. Um, but I, I just want this, the it's, added security of a VPN connection and Spotify. On yeah, my, it's a good practice. Yeah, VPN yeah. and Spotify on the iPad has just stopped working until I turn the VPN off. And I, A, I'm, I'm unhappy about that, but I'm also indignant that they force me to behave in a way that i don't want to behave so i i'm kind of feeling a bit anti-spotify at the moment but i'm hanging on because they have got uh, two new features coming up which i'm really interested in one is the ai dj feature and the other is nfts to unlock um playlists and see and that's how they're going to try and keep you see that's how they do that's it that's how they do that's it yeah how they do yeah. it put tiktok on your dashboard that's it <laughs> People buy oh, Mercedes. I, I actually think that, you know, I think there's a bit of short-term thinking. I'm no great businessman, gosh. But I think the short-term thinking where instead of just letting someone share a password and letting the mum and their friend listen to Spotify, you may lose that customer instead by putting up barriers. Yeah. And I, I say just let your friends listen to it. The more people listening to your service, the longer it will live. That That's my uh, Tuppence worth, and here I am, not a millionaire. Uh, so, business advice: please take it with caution. Well, I, I I agree with you. I think that the um, if you look at Amazon and the sort of Jeff Be Bezos philosophy that got Amazon where they got to before he stood down as the boss um, was entirely that sort of philosophy of you just give your customers everything they want, and you just keep giving them more and more and more, and and you you're constantly keeping their their cup overflowing. Um, and then they yeah. will just come to you all the time, and that was, you know, it's it's a fine line. But he made that he made that work, and I think with Spotify, they have shown that classic kind of maturity cycle where they've now got to be big enough and established enough that they really have to watch what they spend as well as try and be innovative. And they've they've not had such a good run the last couple of years. Numbers were down. They've made a big bet on podcasts, which has not really paid out. You know, they've paid... Well, they've, they've made some significantly expensive bets. Yeah, on you look at old Joe Rogan. I mean, they could have they? paid... They could have paid... Had us for much less. 
didn't they? They, they yeah, yeah, exactly. They could, yeah, I'd have taken Harry and Megan's money. They never got to twenty episodes. <laughs> Don't mention, you know. And here yes. we are. Here we are. Thanks for tuning into our twentieth episode, which is much more than most people. We will be back in a couple of weeks with more analysis and not too serious conversation about big tech, little tech, and everything in between. This has been a Sean Weston Media production. I was Sean Weston. And I was Rick Huckstep. 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 Do you see what I did then? I did. I make these things up as I go along. No.